Hello, friends. Sister Lucia of Fatima said, There's no problem, I tell you, no matter how difficult it is, that we cannot solve by prayer of the Holy Rosary. Our sponsor of today's episode is a firm believer of these words. Choose Life is a small Catholic business whose mission is to equip all Catholics with rosaries for life, and they mean it. They have silicone rosaries for babies and beautiful gemstone and wooden rosary bracelets for adults. They have a rosary for everyone. The silicone rosaries are amazing because they're 100% safe and babies absolutely love them. Imagine seeing your little one totally loving on a rosary made just for them. It's literally like seeing your baby hold hands with our mother Mary. And the rosary bracelets for adults, so beautiful and so well made. I have one myself and I absolutely love it. A really neat feature of the rosary bracelet is their bookmark crucifix charm. If you don't have time to get through the whole rosary at once, no worries. Just simply use the charm to hold your place until you can come back to it. You need to check out Choose Life. This Friday and Saturday, April 30th and May 1st, they are running a Mother's Day sale with discounts and freebies. You don't want to miss it. So be sure to head over to their website, www.chooselife.com. That's C-H-E-W-S-L-I-F-E.com. Have a great day. Hope you enjoy this episode. Welcome to the Abiding Together podcast. Abiding Together is a place where you can find connection, rest, and encouragement on your journey with Jesus Christ. My name is Sister Miriam James Heidland, and every week I'm joined by two of my very dearest friends, Heather Kim and Michelle Benzinger. This podcast is born out of our friendship and all that the Lord is doing in our lives. You hear us laugh, you hear us cry, you hear us share very vulnerably, and you hear us talk about the things that we're still learning along the way, and you're most welcome to join us. You can find out all of our information on our podcast episodes on abidingtogetherpodcast.com. But for now, grab a cup of coffee, settle in, and welcome home. Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of the Abiding Together podcast. I think y'all are going to love this episode, especially because we're going to talk about beauty and about all things wonderful. It's really going to be about Heather Michelle. Okay, let's just talk about that for a second, about how wonderful, <laughs> how wonderful they are. And I, we all know it's spring and it's wonderful outside. And um, I do have to say, though, that Heather and or Michelle and I are together this week. We're actually recording this in two different rooms, so it's almost like normal, but we are in the same house. That's what's happening. Happening. It's almost like normal, but you get to eat queso together after. If you want. We ate queso last night, Heather. That's what oh, it is. good I for know. you. Yeah. Good for you, as <laughs> you should. <laughs> I was just saying to you both, and I think it's just so great that this week hasn't been like work stuff that you're doing together, but you just get to hang out and have like the normal pace of just doing a week of life together. It's so great. It is. Love that. It has been amazing. And sister's here to help me clean my kitchen and do all those other things. And she's just amazing that way. Oh, but we've taken a lot of walks. It's been beautiful. A good priest friend of ours has been here also visiting. So it has been a fun week. And my kids, my littles had spring break. So it has been all around good. Some goodness, some beauty, mm -hmm. some truth, lots of goodness and queso. So all good. Indeed. Indeed. Well, I think that's the blessing of it. Heather, what are you up to? We well, right now I'm drinking a bubbly. Um. <laughs> Ooh, what flavor? So we're all doing that. What, this is such um, a girl thing right now. All the men that are listening right now are like, oh my gosh, get on with it. Yeah. Right. Uh, black Blackberry bubbly. They have a whole oh. new pack at Costco. I mean, Canadian Costco. All, yeah. Everything's different here than down there. Michelle, you got yours too. Yeah. So mm -hmm. the other day I reached in to grab an orange one and I was oh. like all set for it and opened it up and I was like, yes. And I got to take a big sip. It wasn't orange bubbly. It was another can of something called Iron Brew because my parents are Scottish. It's like the Scottish pop. 
And it was so sweet. Like, it was just not what I was expecting to go into my mouth. And I had quite a strong reaction. Mm. <laughs> I was like, oh, my goodness. Anyway, glad to be back with the bubbly. Oh. <laughs> and with you. The Scottish soda. We should try that. Next time we're hanging out at your house, that's what we're trying. Yeah, Iron that Brew, for sure. is what we are trying. All right. So we are going to talk today about, well, not everybody, we can't take this for granted, but there's a very famous letter that John Paul II wrote to artists, his letter to artists, which is very well known and people often quote it. But what a lot of people don't know is that Pope Benedict uh, wrote a letter to artists as well. He had a meeting with artists in 2009 in the Sistine Chapel of all places, because, Mm. you know, why not? And his letter- Wouldn't that be fun? (laughs) Let's just talk about the reality of that. Like, can we have a meeting in the Sistine Chapel? That would be- I'll see you in the Sistine Chapel in about 15 minutes, right? Well, when we've had the last judgment. All right. So, but, but most people don't know that he wrote this, a stunning, which I think we could, we're all going to talk about this, but a stunning letter to artists, which there's so much in it. It's not very long. So we're going to include the link that you can download and read it with us or afterward. We just want to invite you to spend some time with it. It's so full of so much beauty, literally. that and It's just stunning. I remember when I first read it, I was like, that man is a lover, Pope Benedict. He is a, his heart is so beautiful. And we've talked about him a lot. But we're going to talk about his revelation of what beauty does and why why we as human beings and you know this is a we could do a whole series on beauty and you know why human beings respond so deeply to beauty the transcendental of you know the good the true and the beautiful but I think especially for us as women what and what beauty means to us and and just that reality of not, just not only philosophically but theologically like what beauty is a sign of so Heather for you had you come across this article before or this letter before by Pope Benedict. No, I hadn't. And you know, the thing about Pope Benedict, I feel like he totally gets the bad rap. Like he was yes. called like the bulldog or whatever like he mm-hmm. was called, like of the Catholic Church. And and yet whenever I read him and he's talking about the love of God or when I was reading this, I was like, oh my gosh, like your heart is just like so docile, like mm-hmm. to to being influenced by love and beauty and all of these mm. things. So I so appreciated hearing from him. And although he was quoting like Pope Paul VI or Pope John Paul II, like his own words in here were, were really impactful for me. So yeah, I appreciated yeah. reading it. How about you, mm-hmm. Michelle? Yeah, I knew the document existed and I had read it before, but John Paul II's letter to artist was, it, when I read that document, it was huge for me because it was, I did not feel like the creative parts of me or the design parts of me before like had a place in the church. And so when this document came out, I was like, oh my goodness, he's speaking to me. And Pope Benedict even quotes it when he says, you know, what Pope John Paul II said to the artist, like, we need you, like we mm-hmm. need you in mm-hmm. the church. And it was one of those almost like calls from the Holy Spirit, like, okay, you belong, like these gifts belong in the service of the church. And just if you, anyone has ever been to Rome, just being in the Sistine Chapel or seeing the art there and seeing the Pieta in person or coming across that, just the power of art and beauty and um, music to move you. It is just amazing. And it is one of the most, I think, real tools that the Lord and the Holy Spirit are going to use for the new evangelization mm-hmm. is art and mm-hmm. so and beauty. So I just loved this whole document that we have here. Mm-hmm. And like you were saying, Heather, Pope Benedict does get a bad rap, but he is such a lover. He is mm-hmm. such a lover. Totally. And I love that. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, I, I agree with you. And 
when I first came across this article, I was just, I was pierced by it. And there's a particular part that I absolutely love, which uh, I'll expand upon today, but that truth of why we respond so deeply to beauty. And, you know, that we, I think in the Western world often view beauty as kind of a luxury or beauty as kind of a su- superficial thing, whereas we value productivity over beauty, which you look at our churches versus European churches. Let's just talk about that for a second. You know, just mm-hmm. the difference between that and the, the profundity of what beauty does. I mean, even people like Dr. Jordan Peterson in one of his books, he talks about making one room in your house the most beautiful room you can make it. Because mm. just the aesthetics of what beauty beauty does, and, and Pope Benedict in this letter, he talks about the link between beauty and hope. That That's a true thing, that beautiful things give rise to hope in our heart because it brings us to something beyond ourselves, which is what we're going to talk about today. So I, I particularly appreciate in the in the letter that he's quoting Pope Paul VI, and he's talking to artists, and he says, the profound bond between beauty and hope was the essential content of the evocative message Pope Paul VI addressed to artists at the in conclusion of the Second Vatican Council. Uh, he says, to all of you, the Church of the Council declares through our lips, if you are friends of true art, you are our friends. And he says, remember that you are the custodians of beauty in the world. Mm-hmm. And so you think of art, of just the the beauty of art itself, of visual art. But then we also, if we could kind of expand art to include something like we talked about during play, like the recreation, the beauty that brings us beyond ourselves into joy, which is really a great kind of working of, of what art does. But when we talk about the philosophical definition of beauty, I mean, or Thomas Aquinas would define beauty as that which pleases upon being seen. But a deeper, no, not a deeper, but a different way you could look at that is that which delights the soul upon being known. And so mm-hmm. beauty brings delight. It brings us beyond ourselves, which is what we're going to find out today of those parts of our hearts and our stories and our, our really it's, it's the eschatological icon of today's world of, of the heavenly reality because God is very beautiful. He is all things that, that is, he is beauty itself. And so I think that reality of, of the necessity of beauty in our life, it's not something superfluous and it's not superficial. It's not kind of a, a you know, a luxury. It's a necessity, don't you think? Yes. I was just thinking like later on, Pope John Paul talks about even beauty can draw us in like we often think of beauty in like the pleasurable sense he said but Mm -hmm. sometimes it even like is unsettling like it causes this ache within us Mm -hmm. he said because it's appealing to the mystery and like to this to transcendence and I'm noticing that even with my in living in this new home that we're in, like we have this amazing view. Our last home was great. So grateful that we live there. We just had this lovely little view of trees and stuff, but here we're looking at mountains and all this stuff. My whole disposition has changed this year. Like I've, as I've just been immersed in beauty and even in the dark seasons mm-hmm. when I couldn't see the mountains and, and everything was kind of gloomy, there was still something there where you just ached you know, for mm-hmm. for more of what was there. So I, I think it is essential for for us, for our well being, for our for our health, Gosh, for our yeah. mental health, like all those things. But but just as human beings, this is what we were made for. Like God is all things that are true, good, and beautiful. And when we expose ourselves to beauty and let it actually seep into our hearts, like to, we've talked about this before in the podcast, but pausing to really let these moments of beauty or things of beauty seep into our hearts. I think it reminds us of of everything that we were made for to be in union with. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that it's that ache in our each of our hearts that we know that is there, but that it has to be reawakened. Well, it has mm-hmm. to be constantly reawakened. And there's that quote that says, the encounter, the encounter with the beautiful 
can become the wound of the arrow that strikes the heart and in the way opens our eyes, draws man out of himself, wrenches him away from resignation and from being content with the humdrum. It even makes him suffer, piercing him like a dart. Mm -hmm. But in doing so, it reawakens him, opens afresh the eyes of the heart and mind and gives him wings. And every time that's like one of my favorite Radzinger quotes, but every time I think of that, I think of the scene in Saw, um, Shawshank Redemption oh, when, yes. so good. when they hear the beautiful opera come over the loudspeakers mm-hmm. and all of them totally pause what they're doing and some of them weep, but they hear mm-hmm. this beauty and this mystery and it really does. It gives them wings, even though they are imprisoned, even though that they are in jail, even though you can see the bob wires, it just really, it does. It gives them wings and it pierced them. It hurts because that, you know, you could see like there's this longing, like I want to, you know, see a Lewis says, you know, I want to seek where all beauty comes from. There is this just desperate longing to see where it comes because it's imprinted on our heart because true beauty himself is the Lord. And it is almost Mm. like I call it like the Holy Spirit siren call is beauty. Like, cause he's, you know, singing to us saying, come up, look up, gaze up and Mm. bestow my beauty. And I think that's just a powerful thing. But what you said, Heather, like you need to stop and pause because uh, Mm -hmm. the Lord wants to reawaken something in us with beauty, but we have to pay attention. We mm-hmm. have to take that, like we've talked about before, that holy curiosity, say, okay, where is it going on? What's happening? Mm-hmm. What is stirring? And mm-hmm. that's a powerful thing in our lives mm-hmm. when we can do it. And I think it begins with just acknowledging that that because God is all things beautiful, when we encounter beauty, we are encountering him yeah. and he's worth pausing for. Oh, he's amen. worth like, just like calming our hearts for. I love when um, he just quotes Pope Paul VI, who says, it's your task, your mission, and your art consists in grasping treasures from the heavenly realm and this of the spirit and clothing them in words, colors, forms, and making them accessible. So like the whole goal of, of art really should be to, to make the treasures of heaven accessible to Amen. us. And that's worth pausing for. Mm-hmm. What were you going to say, sister? Oh gosh, that just such, such, so resonating what you both are talking about. And I think sometimes we're, af- I think sometimes we're afraid of beauty because we're afraid of the wounding. Mm. We, I think we're afraid of the longing that beauty mm. evokes and so we, we've, we've all talked about this before, but in, in humanity, out of our brokenness, we either go to excess or defect. We go to either to indulge in something or to be a stoic about it. And there's something about beauty that is, like Bishop Barron says, it bypasses the intellect and the will. It's the transcendental that just goes right to the heart. And so it's so powerful. And I think we're afraid of that. I think we're afraid of what's truly beautiful because it, it does, it makes us ache. It makes us ache for eternity. It, it, it reveals our hearts where we, where we lack, but also where we ache, where we long. And I love that in this letter, Pope Benedict says, dear friends, he says, as artists, you know well that the experience of beauty, beauty that is authentic, not merely transient or artificial, is by no means a supplementary or secondary factor in our search for meaning and happiness. The experience of beauty does not remove us from reality. On the Mm -hmm. contrary, it leads to a direct encounter with the daily reality of our lives, liberating it from darkness, transfiguring it, and making it radiant and beautiful. Mm -hmm. There's something so powerful about the reality of beauty, about the power of beauty that, like he's saying, that brings us beyond ourself 
and it adds something to us, but it also wounds us at the same time. And I think that's the rub. I think that's the rub of real beauty is either, oh, I don't have time for it, or I'm going to, I'm going to grasp it in artificial beauty in different ways, or I'm going to push it away. But to allow, to allow, like you're both saying, the holy space where beauty can come and wound me and bring to the surface all things to be brought to the surface, and to allow Jesus to come and untangle that and make it powerful and order it toward himself, that is a beautiful life, no pun intended. Mm. No doubt. No doubt. I was thinking about um, my brother who I, I love my brother. He's so much fun. He's an atheist. And he was telling me that when he was in Europe, he lived in Europe for a while and he went and saw the David and he said, I just stood there and I cried like when I saw it. And, and it's just like, it's like he doesn't believe in God. He's not, but he's still having the experience. Like just because we don't know, like you're saying it, it bypasses mm-hmm. the intellect and all of that. And we can have these deep experiences that we can't explain. He said, I don't know what was going on for me, but I just cried because it was so beautiful. Mm-hmm. And I think like allowing ourselves to be disrupted by beauty is like, is, is amazing, even when it goes into the darker parts of things mm-hmm. like where, where people are in songs or in art, like showing loss or sadness or like this tearing away of things. Like it still is like the longing for God, the longing for wholeness and restoration and all of that, that I think draws our hearts still upward. Like oh, even when it explores some of those darker elements. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I was thinking about that, like even seeing the movie, The Quiet Place and watching the hell of the dad sacrifices himself. Like yeah. I... I love that movie and I couldn't stand that movie. Yeah, Yeah, sorry, spoiler alert. I couldn't (laughs) stand that movie because it bothered me so much. It bothered me so much. And it was interesting. I was listening to a book on Audible on my way home and I was driving from a trip with one of my kids this week. And the mom in the book basically neglected the children. And the author is really good. She was she has such a way of words and she's such a poet and such a wordsmith. But I was like literally having a physical reaction mm-hmm. about the way the mom neglected the children. And I'm like, all right, what is mm-hmm. the deeper thing in here in me? Like, what is this stirring up in here? Like everything in me, like, I'm like, I have to remind myself, this is this is fiction, Michelle. This isn't real. But it did. It disturbs me. And that's what he says in this document, what you were talking about, Heather. There's something that art can disturb and disrupt us. Mm-hmm. Like it makes us think. It, it can lead us to the deeper things because it does bypass the mind and go straight to the heart. So what is it that is stirring in us? You know, Mm -hmm. what is the longing that you see in a romance movie? Like, I mean, Mm -hmm. come on, when Mr. Darcy comes across the, yeah, nothing (laughs) like it, you know, like, come on. And so you're just like, okay, what is it in me that stirs this? You know, what are these deeper things? Because there are deeper longings and deeper desires that are ingrained. We're all longing for the lover to come up Mm -hmm. and to come and meet us. Like, I mean, it does, it's in some ways we're being silly, like, oh yeah, Mr. Darcy, whatever. But even those things are speaking to these deeper, deeper realities. Yep. Yeah. Sorry, mm-hmm. Michelle, I totally cut you off. No, there. go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> Sister, what were you thinking? Yeah, very much the same. And that power of, of the art to disturb us, whether that's visual art or literature or music, or, I mean, you think about the arts, you think about ballet, you think about just all the different kinds of arts, the symphony and all those beautiful things. But I was also thinking about Michelle and I were talking today about also the art of like Mother Teresa serving the poor, because that's beautiful. Mm. And people from all walks of life, atheists, Hindus, Muslims, uh, I mean, people of all walks of life could see the beauty of that. They could see the beauty of helping the poor. I mean, look at like Henry Nouwen. Look at how what a broad audience Henry Nouwen has. Why? Because he's revealing his heart, the vulnerabilities in his heart that everybody knows. Mm. Like, and the terrifying beauty of the crucifix of of suffering. That there's something that we we know those things. They're etched in us, and that's mm-hmm. why those things have the power to to move us and to unnerve us. And and we must let them do so, so that the Lord 
like you both are saying, so lovely. So the Lord can come and speak to the deepest places because that's what we're made for. You know, what is what is eternal is what is most true and why those things move us in a certain way. And no matter where you come from in life, what it, you know, whatever your beliefs are, we are all moved by certain things. And there's a reason for that is because we all came from God and we're going back to God. And so he's trying to speak to us in a language that we can understand. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's uh, something interesting has been happening in me the last, I don't know, it's like month or so. Whereas I would normally, like when I'm having an ache from my day or I'm feeling like really like, uh, like where you just are like longing for something to comfort, right? Oh, so like gosh. normally I would go to food or TV or whatever. It's like, oh, I just want to eat mac and cheese or have chocolate or whatever it might be to like ease that. I, I've been going to things that are beautiful, Mm. And just sitting Mm. in front of something beautiful. And it's so interesting that you don't think it will meet the ache. You don't. You think it's too simple, right? Like, I don't know. It never even crossed my mind before. I'm like, I'll just go to what I always go to for for comfort or whatever. And, And that's where I've been going. And it's been tremendously healing in many ways. Oh, it's so I don't know. It's just something new I'm trying out. I think there is, but I think for me, since I've switched the schedule, my schedule around and taken more time just to make room and pause and really take care of my health in some areas that a sister can attest that we, I love to be outside, mm-hmm. but it's like, I'm learning the language of creation, you know, really mm-hmm. learning the language of creation. And the Pope Benedict says, contemplating the beauty of creation inspires us to recognize the love of the creator, that love which moves the sun and the other stars, you know, and like he is the creator that made the sun and the stars and all of that. But it's funny because once you slow down, like we were talking about, like, all right, you think it's simple, but it does. It fills mm-hmm. an ache or it fills a comfort. And we're mm-hmm. laughing. We have these birds in my backyard. And like, literally, like, I'll know where this one bird is and how he'll move around and like his voice and his language and sister Mary was like, oh, there's the bird. Oh, there he goes. I'm like, do you hear him? I'm like, do you hear him? He's talking to you, sister. And she's like, okay, we're in the Enchanted movie. It's and, Snow White and uh, Michelle uh, speaking to birds. Like, that's what's happening. Right? That's what's happening. And so she's laughing. She's like, is this a Snow White? But it is. But it's like, but now I'm listening to creation. I am looking mm-hmm. at creation. And we were going for a walk and there was this most beautiful bird and mm-hmm. the blue on his back. I'm like, have you ever seen that color blue? And my husband and his good friend, Father Joe, were kayaking and dolphins came up next to them. Mm. And you should have seen the two of them. Here are two grown men. And they were like giddy little boys like, yo, dolphins came and swam by. They're like, after we didn't have a heart attack, knowing that they were sharks, you know, but it was just so cute because it was, it was something about the dolphins and that wonder of creation that made them childlike, not childish, but the wonder of creation. And I think yeah, it's just stopping to pay attention to that and stopping to ask the question, okay, where is the true comfort? The true comfort is in the creator and what he what he has created in beauty and truth and goodness. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's the authentic beauty that Pope Benedict talks about. And that's that's the truth I think we can discern, especially with women as women. I think we have a love-hate relationship with beauty, especially when it comes to ourselves mm-hmm. and about society standards of beauty and Michelle and I are just talking about today, you know, if you look at, so look, if you look at art, you go to an art museum and go look at the women painted in the, you know, 16, 17, 18, 1900s, like, you know, they're, they're voluptuous women. And mm-hmm. I think for us, we're told. They got some junk in the trunk. <laughs> and, and it's gorgeous <laughs> as they should. And I, I was just saying to Michelle, I'm like, we don't even know what a real woman's body is supposed to look like. We, we don't, we're mm-hmm. so used to the Instagrammed, no body fat fit. Like that's what it means to be. That's the only version. I could, some people are genetic 
genetically they look like that and so they worked really hard. I'm not knocking on that because, but it's like, that's the only way of beauty and, mm-hmm. or pornography or plastic surgery or, so I think we as women, and I think that's one of the ways the enemy gets us is where he tries to mess with our version of beauty, what beauty means, or for us to have like a superficial idea of beauty or only like a, a shallow version versus what the what the truth is. And, and what Pope Benedict is saying here is his, uh, is his authentic beauty unlocks the yearning of the human heart, the profound desire to know, to love, and to go towards the other and to reach for the beyond. And that's the power. Like when he said, we can discern between false beauty and true beauty. Because he said, false beauty is illusory. It turns you in on yourself. Mm-hmm. And you, we know the difference when you look at false beauty and you look at true beauty, or you experience false beauty or what the evil one presents as something beautiful, and you and you know it's it's illusory. And you can tell the way that it affects your heart with pornography or just different things in life. You're like, oh, that that looks one thing, but that's not true. Like it's mm-hmm. it's a distortion. And so, I think for us as women, we have to pre- and to teach our young daughters and other women in our life, like we have to have a a, a healing of our relationship with beauty. We have to, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And I think what I love how Pope Benedict kind of piggybacks off of Pope John Paul II, his letter to artists, when Pope John Paul II talks about discovering these new epiphanies mm-hmm. in our daily lives. And he's really big about making our lives a work of art mm-hmm. and masterpieces. And I love Joseph Piper, if you've ever read any of his stuff on leisure or anything like that. And he has something that says like, well, not everyone is an artist. Everyone is invited to participate in beauty in order to be fully human. Mm-hmm. And so there is something about beauty that allows us to become who we're supposed to be. And like you were saying earlier, sister, it's not a luxury. Mm-mm. It is a necessity to our hearts to become fully alive. It helps us become human. And we've had a couple of conversations, well, probably like a hundred over the last couple of days, sister and I, mm-hmm. but just about what does it mean to live well? What does mm-hmm. it mean for our, our, our lives to be works of art? You know, Mm -hmm. what does it mean? Like we talked about earlier on the podcast. So what does it mean to pray well, to play well, to dine well, to serve well, you know, to sacrifice Mm -hmm. well? Like, what does it look like for our whole lives to be a work of art and really Mm -hmm. allow God to chisel us into the masterpiece that we were created to be and to do that? Mm -hmm. And we, you know, and it sounds like, oh, that's just a really great theory. But what Mm -hmm. would it look like? I mean, really just to stop to pray, what does your life look like? almost have a vision of what does a masterpiece in your mind look like, you know, and invite the Holy Spirit into that. What does your life look like as a masterpiece created by the creator? Where are the areas that he needs to chisel out and form? Where are the areas that we keep on taking the hammer out of his hand? (laughs) Mm -hmm. So our our lives are becoming a work of art. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think there's something too about one of the, the thieves of, of this full life is mediocrity and settling. Mm. And I think that beauty and exposing ourselves to beauty and like that pausing to let it seep in is something that breaks through that. And Mm -hmm. I think like a life quote for me was from Pope John Paul II. I think it was at like one of the world youth days. And he says, many people have heard this, but I think it's just incredibly profound. He said, it's Jesus that you seek Mm -hmm. when you dream of happiness. He's waiting for you when nothing else will satisfy you. He is the beauty to which you are so attracted. 
And it is he who provoked you with that thirst for fullness that will not let you settle for compromise. And he goes, there's so many good things in there. And then he goes on to say, like, it's a refusal to allow yourselves to be ground down by mediocrity. Mm-hmm. And this is something that, like, I've really asked God for years. Like, I'm like, God, don't let me live a mediocre life. Like, don't let me fall into to settling or being like, ah, well, it is what it is. I hate that mm. phrase. I hate that <laughs> it is what it is. I'm like, I'm like, no, that is like anti-gospel. It is not what it is. Like God has taken everything <laughs> go, that girl. looks like yeah. something and flips it on its head and turns it into something else because that's the kind of God we have. I'm like, and that's the kind of life that I want. I want him to take the things that that seem to be, they are what they are and to make it into something beautiful, things that I cannot do on my own. Like I can't take dirt and make flowers come out of it. Like only God can do that. Mm-hmm. And it's the same, I think, with the fertile soil in our hearts. Like when we allow beauty to be planted there, when we pause and let it seep in and we feed it and we pour water in there and we like tend to it like god can do amazing things when we let beauty in i agree amen girl amen preach i just want to drop the mic right there heather yeah preach there you go yes sorry i gotta be i gotta be in my bonnet there yes no as you should a knot in my knickers we're just going through this before we started that's such a scottish saying i think like i know we digress But I think also one of the things about this journey that we're talking about is that it is a messy journey and that's okay. Mm-hmm. It's a messy. The gardens are messy. They have dirt in them, and the dirt doesn't always stay inside the walls. <laughs> they have poop. They have poop in them. Yep, that's and, real. yep, and that's okay. And we are going along the way. If we make this journey, we are going to experience places where we live in both excess and defect. Where we, like Heather, you're saying, we go to numb our plate, our hearts someplace else other than you know bringing our hearts to the Lord, where we don't want to. We want to take the chisel out of God's hand and do it ourselves, or have Him not do it at all. I mean, and I think that mm-hmm. that reality of coming to terms and continuing to allow this journey of love and the journey of beauty to wound us, to allow what's com- what's coming out. And I was very struck by the Easter Vigil Mass. I love this part of the Easter Vigil Mass of of the blessing of the candle at the fire. Oh, and I yeah. just, I was very so struck by the prayer I, I, in a new way. I've been thinking about it every day since of the prayer as the priest finishes the blessing of the fire and blessing of the Paschal candle. He says, may the wounds, may the glorious wounds of Christ guard us and protect us. Mm. And I was thinking of how beautiful the wounds of Christ are and mm. allowing ourselves to be wounded by the beautiful one, which, mm. it, uh, gosh, like, can we even, I can't even put that into words. Allowing mm-hmm. ourselves to be wounded by the beautiful one to bring beauty out of our lives and our garden. And and that's the journey. Like, what other journey can we make? <laughs> mm-hmm. Amen, friend. Amen. It's a good word. Mm-hmm. So yeah, but I there there's so much more. I think we'll probably we'll have to do a series sometime on beauty, like a four or six part series, because there's so mm-hmm. much we could talk about here today. But we really hope that this letter blesses you. And I just I just want to read a little bit more of it if I could. Uh, when he talks about Pope Benedict talks about authentic beauty unlocking our heart, and he says, if we acknowledge this is so lovely, if we acknowledge that beauty touches us intimately, that it wounds us, that it opens our eyes, then we rediscover the joy of seeing of being able to grasp the profound meaning of our existence, the mystery of which we are a part, and from this mystery which we can draw fullness, happiness, and the passion to engage with it every day. Mm. I love that. Yeah. Awesome. So maybe that's something we could do this week is to acknowledge that beauty touches us intimately, that it wounds us, and that's okay. That's the beautiful mm-hmm. one wounding us and calling us home mm-hmm. to to a heaven, to his heart where it will never end, right? Mm-hmm. It will never end. So. Well, I would like to just encourage our listeners. It is Mm -hmm. the document is only five pages. Mm -hmm. So it's so easy just to print out 
and just to sit with it and pray with it because it is power packed with mm-hmm. a lot of just goodness in those five pages. And I mean, you could sit and just ponder and pray on any one line or phrase or paragraph and just see what the Holy Spirit does and stirs within you. And just, yeah, like really take it and meditate and chew on it and ponder it in your heart oh. and see what see what seeds the Holy Spirit is trying to plant and bloom in your heart with beauty in this next Easter season. I mean, we're in the Easter season, you know, so this is a powerful season in the church. So how does God want to resurrect beauty in each of our lives? Where has beauty been dead? And how does he want to resurrect it in each of our lives this mm-hmm. Easter season? Well, I want to, I want to be resurrected. So <laughs> bring it on, Lord. Bring it on. The beautiful one. <laughs> well, with that being said, would we talk like to talk about our one things for the week? Uh, I just want everybody to know Heather Kim told us that we would love her one thing. So I'd like to hear her one thing because I yes, want to know. She was like, bragging like, about tell it before. Me, like, tell me everything. <laughs> I was bragging about tell, it. Totally. Tell me about it. Uh-huh. Okay. So, so excited because our new house, we didn't get all of the landscaping done. So right now we're, we're planting trees. Like the bulk of them are coming next week. I can't wait. Like it's everything from like cherry blossoms to red maples lining the driveway, Japanese maples, oh. some weeping willows, some oh, cedars. Yeah. Uh, a redwood, like a giant redwood. It's going, I can't wait for all that. Anyway, that's not the thing. Then I went to Costco, <laughs> little old Costco. And I'm like going, oh, I'm like, ooh, garden center's open. So me and my mom leave Toodle in there. And what did we find but some fruit trees, which I'm super excited about. Oh. But one we found was called fruit salad and it has five different fruits on the one tree. And I was what? like, what a time to be alive. <laughs> wow. And they are like grafted into the one tree. There is like cherries and plums and like two different what? kinds of cherries, plums and two different kinds of apricots on one tree. Oh my gosh. I've Isn't never that heard awesome? of awesome. Can you please post a photo of that? I've never heard of such I things. I can't even to. my little mind can't even fathom that right now. I know. Welcome to 2021. And that, like already there's like little tiny like blooms starting to come off. So it's it's not a huge tree, it's just small. But some of them are pink on one branch and then the other branch they're white. I can't even get over it. I'm so excited about it. I love I it too. I know. I didn't even I know. know you could do that. It tells you how I much I know. I think there's all kinds of spiritual analogies in there that I haven't discovered yet, but I'll get back to you on that. I love Michelle, it. I know. Michelle, and you have, your and you have bees now. Let's just be honest about that. Mm-hmm. You have a million I know. bees. A million bees. Literally. Like literally a million I know. bees. Literally. It's amazing. I know. I know. I'm so excited. That's so excited awesome. for the honey, so excited for the blossoms, so excited for the fruit. I'm, I'm like going to have a mini orchard going on <laughs> Seriously. suddenly. That would be awesome. Uh, okay. My one thing is I have two one things. Yes, I'm back to two. I gave you all a break for a while, but now I'm back. It's Easter, people. So <laughs> I first is I have to give a shout out to my husband and father, Joe. My lights in my backyard, I had beautiful white lights, were destroyed yeah. in the hurricane. The hurricane was a long time ago, people. Oh. And so my husband found a way to put up new lights in my backyard and he got a beautiful post. And not only did he get a wooden post, then he put plant hangers on my post so I would have hanging baskets and What a charmer. You have and to post he figured out how to do the electrical. So I just have to flip a light switch. I don't have to plug them on and off now. I can just what? flip a light and my whole backyard lights up. People, it is a beautiful thing. Let there be light. That's why you love him. And there was okay, we want pictures of that too. Yeah. And my second one thing is in the year of St. Joseph, I have to tell you, when we had Claire on, she mentioned the book by Father Boniface Hicks about prayer. And it 
is amazing. It is a great book. I highly recommend it. But he also has a book out called Through the Heart of St. Joseph by Father Boniface Hicks. And it, y'all, it is so good. It is so good. And it is such a great resource to pray about as we are in this year of St. Joseph. And he tells different stories and just different attributes of St. Joseph that I had not read before. And I'm just really enjoying his writing in both books right now. So I will post a link to that. And sister, what's your one thing? She is lovely. Uh, my one thing is I've been perusing around Michelle's house, and Michelle has lots of fun things at her house, but one thing that she had captivated my attention, Heather Kim, Michelle has a Jane Austen coloring book, okay? <gasps> what, yes, which has quotes from Jane Austen and, like, costumes that you can color yourself. And the quotes what? are so pithy and so funny. I, I just absolutely, like, every woman would love this. I think at our next <laughs> women's conference, we have to have this coloring All book available them. for women. Yes. So. Ladies, what? seriously, it's your next afternoon tea. If you guys get together, pull out, get the, where'd you get it, Michelle? I don't even know where you got it. I got, got it off it. Of Amazon. And so, oh, yeah, we'll I got off of Amazon. It was in the Amazon. I will post the link, but it's was, really fun. I was laughing That's out loud. They have awesome. quotes from Sense and Sensibility, from Pride and Prejudice, from her own personal letters. And they're just fun. It's a tiny book. It's not like a huge coloring book, um, but I loved it. So that is certainly, I can't wait to color one of the pages. I'm like, ooh, I wanted <laughs> this one. so great. <laughs> that is so great. Hey, Michelle, remember that one women's retreat we all did in Georgia with you and and everybody could make hats like yes. and have a tea party and there was like little tiny sandwiches and all that that was so cute i know let's I do that again like but just that. for fun yes okay. and so open the borders people open the borders <laughs> <laughs> throw wide Please the doors yes. <laughs> oh dear friends well we wish you uh, much beauty this week and we pray that the beautiful one uh, will wound you uh, with his heart that he'll bring you into his own glorious wounds and guard you and protect you and bring you ever more closely to to the to his own heart and to the one who loves you, which is Christ himself. So have a beautiful week. Until then, we will be abiding together. God bless you. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. If you liked it, would you please share it with a friend? We encourage you to head over to our website, abidingtogetherpodcast.com, where you can find all the show notes, links to our one thing, transcripts, group discussion questions for each episode, and beautiful mugs, t-shirts, journals, and prints in our shop. There you can also subscribe to receive our weekly email with links to each new episode and all of its content. We'd love to connect on social media and invite you to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter so you can catch inspiring reflections every day. You're also welcome to join our private Facebook group and dive deeper into discussions with our fellow listeners. If the podcast has blessed you, would you prayerfully consider financially supporting us? The Abiding Together podcast is only available due to the generous support of our listeners. There are significant costs associated with creating this content, such as tech support, design, website, equipment, and hired staff that we need to be able to continue offering great content to you. Abiding Together is a nonprofit 501c3, and all donations are tax deductible. You can make donations of any amount through a website called Patreon, or you can send us a check directly if that's easier. If you donate $15 or more per month on our Patreon page, you become a tribe member and you will receive monthly individual videos from Michelle, Heather, and I, as well as other exclusive content, recipes, playlists, downloadable prints, and more. You can find all the information about Patreon at patreon.com forward slash abiding together. Thank you and God bless you.